Missy D. Missy D. She's so talented, you know. Mm -hmm. So here we are again, another episode of the Journal of Missy D 3.0, where I get to sit here and chat a load of codswallop and you listen to it and then you do my tarif, uh, <laughs> which is the best life. <laughs> anyway, uh, can I say I, I recorded a different, very different version of this episode yesterday. Um, I, I was in a really, really, really not so nice place yesterday. And I actually woke up this morning thinking, you idiot, you cannot put that podcast out. I maybe will keep it in the archives for me to listen back to it because it became a dear diary journal. And it was a very, very, very angry one. <laughs> and uh, I'm sure you're intrigued now going, oh, no, Missy, why didn't you put that one out? Uh, because I just think uh, it would be very irresponsible of me to put out um one, number one, it was just full of profanities. And number two, it was a bit deep, dark and dirty, really. And it, there was no need for it. So I'm rejigging the whole podcast today as I'm in a much happier place uh, because I am proud of me. Proud. So proud. Uh, my dog, I'm not proud of at the moment because I'm, I need to jig to the right. And I just can't because if I move to the right, he's going to go under the wheels of my chair. But he's a Velcro dog and I'm sitting in a really awkward position right now uh, to do the podcast. But what can I do? So why am I proud of me? Well, because I feel that I'm taking ownership of my feelings, my thoughts, my sorch. Sorch means thinking and <laughs> I'm taking ownership of uh, my healing journey. Uh, yesterday, I was in a really bad place because uh, something happened. I'm not even going to give you a gist of what happened, but let's just say it had uh, not a very nice effect on me. It left me very, very vulnerable, very angry. Um, I actually lashed out on uh, one person who I should not have lashed out on, which I haven't done in a very, very long time. And that's only because I don't want to mention the situation. Uh, how can I put it without you even having a gist of it? Let's just say uh, that my name was being tarnished and and it was a matter of trust uh, being uh, addressed. And so yesterday, because I thought I had lost the trust of a person and my name was being tarnished, I lashed out. And it's been a very, very, very long time uh, since I've done that. I used to be a very angry person. I, I, I put my hands up in the air. I was. And am I ashamed of that? Uh, not ashamed. I'm just happy that I have learned from the past. Uh, 
there are people in my life that still think the same of me, but I can give a flying fuck what they think about me uh, because they are not willing to move on from their search pattern. They're, they live in the past and they continuously talk about the past. So they still say, oh, you're an angry person. But I'm like, listen, love, you've got the issues, not me. I've I've moved way past that stage of my life and I have moved on and I'm at a pastures new and I'm loving my life and I'm loving the fact right, that I, within 24 hours, have had a massive, massive fallout with someone and surprised myself at how angry I was and how I lashed out at them. And then surprised myself that within 24 hours of listening to them uh, and also talking to other people, looking at the evidence from a neutral perspective and not an angry way, um, I came to the conclusion that I possibly overreacted and I just looked at one angle of the story. But what I did then is step back, look at all the angles of the story and uh, look at why I felt the way I did, what was going on here, why did I react like that and and piece it all together. So within 24 hours, I had a bust up and then a, and then I kissed a maid up. <laughs> if you'd heard the podcast that I did yesterday, just post having a bust up. It was pretty horrendous. <laughs> Might have won an Oscar, actually, uh, <laughs> or an award of being the most angriest, angriest, deepest, darkest podcast you've ever heard in your life. I did one of those podcasts, actually when I went into the darkness. Remember when I went into the darkness and I just couldn't see anything but the dark and I had hit rock bottom? I did uh, a podcast about being in the dark and then Shrinky Friend, I went to her and I was like, I've done the podcast for next week, but I don't know if I should put it out. And she she always bounces it back to you like a ping pong. <laughs> She'd be like, say, Missy, what do you think? And I'm like, Shrinky, mate, I'm asking you. and You're telling me, what do you think? And she's like, yeah. I genuinely want to know what you think. Uh, and I was like, yeah, it's good to go. We can put it out. Why not? I don't care. It's my thoughts. But she said, is it a responsible thing, uh, Missy, to put something out that talks about really deep, dark thoughts that could influence people that are on the verge of doing uh, things that they could regret? And you're sitting there making them feel even more dark and saying it's okay if you want to top yourself and stuff like that you know and I was like yeah okay I get your point although she goes you should be authentic on your podcast and you should say it how it is sometimes you do have to have some kind of responsibility and um, it's all about being positive and giving out positive vibes and helping others in a positive way and not a negative way and I was like yeah I guess so I, th I think um, yesterday's podcast, if, if I'd put it up, it, yeah, it wasn't very positive and it probably was not the kind of vibe that you wanted to hear from someone who's supposed to be uh, a little bit influential. I wouldn't say I'm a massive influence on people's lives. I'm not an influencer, although quite a few people call me an influencer. <laughs> I've never I've never kind of gone out my way to become an influencer, but I get it. I get that I have a responsibility as a person in the public eye and whatever comes out of my mouth could either make or break you, I guess. So yeah, 
So let's talk today about trust, forgiveness, uh, relationships and and healing and how healing has really changed my life. I don't see, uh, I did not see much change in my healing. And every time I go to Shrinky Friend, she says, you don't even see how much progress you have made in your healing. Have you? And I'm like, nah, man, because like, I'm still not healed. So she was like, yeah, you haven't healed. But the thing with you, Missy, you always want things now. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, Shrinky. I've been doing this for a long time now, seven years. Is it coming? It's probably eight years, 2015. Yeah, eight years. And uh, she said, look, it, it's taken me years. You know, you know how you love the person that I am. It's taken me years to do this. It hasn't taken me a few months, years. And not just like years. Oh, here I am. And I'm this amazing person that Missy loves. <laughs> it takes maintenance. You have to always maintain it. You have to, on a daily basis, uh, meditate. You need to be thankful. You need to emit love. You need to forgive. You need to be that kind of person on a daily basis for your life to be a lot more peaceful than turmoil that like, you know, you feel yours is. And I was like, okay, all bow down to Shrinky. <laughs> so so today I wanted to say, yeah, I sometimes feel like I don't see sometimes further than the panting because the panting in my lungs um, is because of the scarring in my lungs. I've been told by the medical field that they are irreversible and you will always pant. Um, and the only thing that we can do is make you comfortable, which I refuse to accept. And I am adamant, adamant, adamant that I can reverse this. I will come to a point in my life when I can walk up those freaking stairs without panting. And to be honest with you, in the past sort of like two, three, four weeks, I am going up the stairs without oxygen. I am then panting quite hardcore when I get to the top of the stairs. Let's look prior to six months ago. Six months ago, I couldn't walk up one step without having to use the oxygen and then st stop at step one. Then muster up the courage to get to step two. Imagine like a really old decrepit old person god bless them i love old people you know that um but they're going really slowly up those stairs uh, i'm really struggling that was me now i can almost gallop up the stairs uh, i know that i'm gonna well, probably pant but i really do think that that's my my conscious mind trying to grip me with fear that I need that oxygen. How did I do that without oxygen? Now I'm going to need oxygen. So your mind really is a bastard. Your mind really does control you. And you now, now I need to find the tools to control my mind. I know I have to you know, uh, put, uh, put my finger out and control my mind because I told you in a couple of podcasts back about that doctor. Remember? I forgot what his name was, but he... He got rid of a big tumour in his brain just by telling his brain that there is no tumour. I have to find that power within myself to tell my brain 
that I won't pant when I go up the stairs. I do not need oxygen. Regardless of the, the scarring in my lungs, the scarring is going to go. Nothing is impossible. We've heard of miracles and I want to be that miracle. Not to show anyone, not to show off to anyone, to prove to me that nothing is impossible. You know me. I am the jack of all trades and master of them all. I will master anything that I put my mind to. Just like I mastered uh, fixing a friendship yesterday. And I swear to God, I was a right B-I-T-C-H back in the day. I was. And if I had given up on a friendship, in fact, Shrinky said uh, the other day, she was like, this is your pattern, Missy. <laughs> She's starting to know me well. If someone pisses you off, you are just going to toss it to the side and say, F you, I'm not bothering. You are finished. Cutty, 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 done. Dun, 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 dun. You go that way. I go this way. Fuck you. Never going to see you again. And that pretty much is was. Sorry, I was just going to say is me. It was me. Yes, that was me. But I have also uh, been very proud of myself. Um, sort of like this year, you know, I've had struggles with friendships and relationships and all that kind of business. But there was one friendship that um, kind of uh, kind of got a bit wobbly and we had to go our separate ways right for one reason or the other but I'm so proud of that friend and so proud of me that we have uh, reconnected and we are building up a friendship again uh, and that's not because of just me that's because of their efforts and uh, how much work they are doing on themselves is phenomenally phenomenally <laughs> phenomenally amazing um, and they ha have uh, recognize the fact that our, our our friendship deteriorated because of a certain thing uh, and recognize that it wasn't their fault or my fault and recognize that we still have a lot of love for each other and we really do respect each other and now knows that we can rebuild this friendship in a very slow manner and which suits both of us and uh, slowly but surely I am I'm rebuilding a friendship with this person and I think it's amazing would I have done that in the past? No, it would have been fuck you. Fuck you. I can't take this. I'm off. You go that way. I go this way. Bish bosh. Thank you, man. Wham, bam. <laughs> so big changes, right? And then this situation happened yesterday. And oh, gosh, it was absolutely horrendous to the point where on Facebook, I said, you know what? Today has changed my life forever. And because honestly, if the situation had not been salvaged and 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 uh the how do you put it the evidence wasn't presented to me then for me it would have been my trust has been broken once again and that would not have been the first time this year it would have been a few times it really 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 would have finished me off and not because i wanted that it just because because I have trust issues, have had trust trust issues in the past. And there is a pattern. There is a pattern uh, in the past where I would not trust. I would then trust. I would befriend people, especially Missy D fans. And, um, and that would go tits up. And I would be left really, really hurt because they might, gen they might, Ishki, can you just move a little bit, please? Thank you, babes. <laughs> That's my dog. Um, uh, for them, 
it may have just been, oh, I befriended Missy D. You know, like say, I don't know, stars out there. Maybe you befriended Robbie Williams or you befriended, somehow you became um, uh, friends with, I don't know, Madonna. You became friends with Amitabh Bachchan or Shah Rukh Khan or, or whatever. And uh, all of a sudden you're in the situation where like, fucking hell, man, he's an A-list celebrity and he's my friend or she's my friend. So you're going to be starstruck. Meanwhile, Shah Rukh Khan, Amitabh Bachchan, Richard Gere, whoever, they genuinely have got past the point of, you know, I'm a celebrity, you're my fan. They're genuinely thinking you're my friend now and um, and, and give it all as their friend. But the other person is still, gosh, I am friend of this famous person. Then they piss off to their friends. Oh, did you know I'm, I'm best mates with Shah Rukh Khan? I'm best mates with Missy D. And did you know this about Missy D? Well, you would know that. Only I know that because uh, she's told me because she's my best mate. Do you know what I'm saying? So I've been in those kind of situations a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot in my life to where points where I've heard stuff about me that I've told this fan friend of mine who I thought was just friend. I did not see them as fan friend, but they see me as celebrity friend. Do you see where this is all going? And then all of a sudden there's all this information about Missy D that nobody possibly could have known because I only told that person who was my friend. But it ultim ultimately always boiled down to, which I've learned now, is that they were my friend. I was genuinely their friend. But for me, I was always uh, a celebrity friend, you know, because they'd bagged the celeb as their friend. And I don't blame them, I guess, because if you've never been in a celebrity status before, or a known entity status or someone out there in the public field, you wouldn't know how that feels, how it feels. And I guess a lot of people don't understand how us people here in the public forum, in the public eye, sometimes seem ungrateful. Like, you know, gosh, they're fucking celebrities. They should like, you know, um, appreciate this, that and the other. And we do, we do. But it, is, it becomes very difficult to, to trust people, to allow people into your life, to to be genuine and authentic thinking because at the back of your mind you're always thinking oh shit can I tell this information to this person uh, because ultimately ultimately I'm Missy D and ultimately this they, they're still going to be um, starry eyed and oh Missy D my friend my celebrity friend Missy do you know what I'm saying yeah where did this start from I don't even know yeah, yeah, it, it was it was all about trust, wasn't it? So talking about trust, uh, trust is big in my life. And I think trust is um, what most uh, friendships and relationships uh, are should be based on. And if there's no trust, then there's no relationship really, is there? So, uh, but it needs to be an equal weighting and it needs to be balanced, I guess. I guess, I guess, on both sides. So today's podcast is just talking about about my learnings of of how far my life has come thanks to the healing work that I have done. I have to be honest, I'm not doing much hardcore healing work today. Uh, I, I don't, like, not to, like, as in today, today, but you know, in this current period of my time, I there was a time when I would be hardcore doing um, 
EFT, even though um, I feel really angry. I love and accept myself anyway, and I feel it in the pit of my stomach and it's at a number nine and it's the colour red. <laughs> Sounds really cool, actually. And when you do it, it's, it's kind of cool as well. But uh, I haven't EFT'd for a long time. I haven't. I did actually. I journaled in my journal two days ago. But it wasn't like um, a journal for manifestation. I journaled about how I felt. But normally in my journals, I will write like it's the future. So, um, you know, I'm so thankful that I have my three billion pounds in my bank account. And I love my uh, black com Bentley convertible with his cream leather chair chairs and seats and stuff. So, yeah, but I need to go back in there. But I guess I'm not in that space. I have. Have I told you? I'm sure I haven't told you. I haven't done Cornelius. Now, if you know me and you've listened to all of my podcasts, you will know I'm a, a massive Coherence Healing Cornelius fan, right? And Cornelius, for quite a while now, he was he was in the middle of jigging his website. Hold on, let me just put my phone on, just expecting a phone call. If the phone call does come, do excuse me. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. That's on, my phone is on, that is on. No, that needs to be on. There you go. Uh, it's the hospital that, that I'm just waiting for. Papworth Hospital, man. Really do my head in. I'll come back to Cornelius in a minute. But yeah, Papworth are the lungs people, right? So I'm on a list. Oh, is, this is going to sound really bad. I'm on a lung transplant list, not to have a lung transplant. But because I've got a lung issue and I'm at a lung hospital, you have to be on the list in order for you to have a lung transplant if you ever need it. Now, I've always said to them, I don't want a lung transplant. I just don't want it. Even if I'm at the end of life, forget sticking a pair of new lungs in me because I don't want them. <laughs> and they're like, well, no, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> uh, if you need them, we will give it to you. Uh, but I'm, I'm still adamant saying I don't want. All the consultants know when I go there and I'm like, I don't want a lung, lung transplant. Why am I having to drive all the way to Papworth Hospital, which is Cambridge? Takes bloody two hours, man. So I've, they're giving me an appointment, right? On 15th of September or something. 8.30 in the morning. I'm like, are they having a laugh? It takes me two hours. I mean, what time do they want me to get up? And what time uh, do they want me to get there? Forget that, man. And uh, anyway, so yeah. So yeah, and if you're wondering why don't I want that lung transplant, I have explained this to you before. The lungs are your biggest organ in your body. Got it? I should have died many years ago. They said you've only got five-year lifespan when your lungs get scarred and you start to go on oxygen and they will depreciate bullshit they haven't they haven't they haven't they have then they haven't then they have then they haven't they're right now i'm okay okay so they can't quite work it out because every time they scan me they're like they're practically the same of course they are because i'm doing all this healing work duh then one day you will do a scan of me and you'll say you haven't got any scarring because that is the way i'm heading and then they'll say jesus christ your lungs have shown up as being healthy and normal on the scans and i will say of course because i'm doing the healing and i am missy d i am the jack of all trades and master of them all if i say to you i'm going to heal my lungs then heal my lungs i will right same goes for my womb and my uterus that just doesn't stop bleeding but that's just <laughs> another story Yes, I can just say that to you. Why can't I be open about it? I'm not going to pretend that I'm not bleeding. And um, you going, oh, my God, I can't believe you just talked about bleeding. Well, it's, it's a medical condition. And, uh, you know, it's, n it's not, nothing to be ashamed of. And 
I'm going to talk about it openly. So I just have. So yeah, the lungs, when you have a lung transplant, if you have the double lung transplant, it's a major, major, major operation. Number one, it's a case of literally the lungs will come from the dead person that has donated their lungs. If you're a match, you'll be called up and you'll be told to make your way to the hospital because the lung has a lifespan of X amount of hours. I don't know. And then once your lungs are in, you are on a cocktail of around 40, 45 different pills because the body's natural instinct is to reject the lungs. So what they do, they give you this medication so that your lungs are not rejected. Then you've got all sorts of other things like steroids and this pill, that pill. Um, and by the end of it, you want a cocktail of around 45 pills, which then all in turn can call cause other sorts of problems like dialysis, kidney failure, renal failure, uh, cancer, all that shit. So so ask me, why would I want a lung transplant? Where the lung transplant doesn't guarantee you a long lifespan. It can be anything from instant rejection or you could have an average of one year of extra life. The ballpoint is five years, around five years for everyone. And the one or two lucky sods get the 10 to 15, 20 years, whatever. But that's few and far between so why would i want to go through all of that number one balloon out like a oompa loompa b have the possibility of having cancer c um knowing that i'm going to die anyway do you know what i'm saying so why not just carry on um as you are and then when death comes it comes at least i i i, I will it'll be a surprise it'll be like surprise <laughs> you're going to die or you're dying, you know, it'll be a nice little surprise. But the minute you have that lung transplant, you are on a time ticking time bomb of when is it going to happen? When is it going to happen? And then you've got to take all the medication and your life becomes really, really difficult. So, yeah, I don't think I want that uh, lung transplant and I I will heal my lungs. I'm. Oh, by the way, good news on the uh, machine, the bioresonance machine. We've got, we shifted loads of bugs yesterday. I'm so pleased about that. Uh, yeah. So we got rid of bugs. My body has now become alkaline because my body became very acidic. So she'd said that your, your body's very acidic. We need to make it alkaline. And she told me to take this medicine. It's like a disgusting, disgusting powder. It's like something, it's called pulver something from Germany and it's like chalk it's disgusting and you got a scoop you know that those scoops you get for the baby powder and they're quite deep scoops so I was taking that every day and I went back to her because I'm sure this stuff is giving me the runs because I was on the loo all day long she goes well maybe because it's got this ingredient citrate she said citrate I don't know something like that that could be giving you the run so we halved it and I was at a nice place with it yeah So, so um I started taking that about a month ago and yesterday she's like, Missy, good news. Number one, we've shifted loads of bugs. Number two, you are now in an uh, an alkaline state in your body. And that's why possibly loads of bugs may have shifted because it's come out of acid into alkaline. And then she said um, she's found other stuff, but um, also got rid of one or two of the bigger ones as well. She reckons I've still got some something to do with Pfizer you know the Pfizer jab for Covid something to do with that uh, I still have the I have a Covid bug in me um, she goes I've still got the oh god which one was it I can't remember all these weird fancy names and stuff 
And, so, and I totally believe in what she's doing because I am seeing uh, slow progress. Like I said, I can walk up the stairs without oxygen. I pant, but, but I can do that before. And this is all whilst I'm doing the machine. Granted, she's now given me a new program. Oh, my, my nose is really hurting. Hold on a minute. Oh, I don't know what's going on with my nose today. Oh, anyway. Yeah, the new program is two and a half hours, which I did this morning. I do struggle. I used to struggle at the two hour, 10 minutes, but now two and a half hours. But it's all good in the name of healing. I'm, I'm willing to do anything. So also, I'm, did I tell you I'm starting the reflexology? So I'm having my second reflexology next week, which is absolutely bloody amazing. Going to start some acupuncture. Um, so we're going to do reflexology one month, acupuncture the second month. So that that's all good as well. Uh, news on my date. I was supposed to go on a date, as you know, on Tuesday. I went last week, which you heard on my my first day, and that was absolutely brilliant. But on, I, I, when it comes to bank holidays and stuff, I don't know that the, the bank holidays are coming because I, I don't work. So I'm at home and I do my thing at home and, you know, do the podcasting, do the tidying up, cleaning up this, that and the other, always keeping myself busy. So then Monday happened, like I thought it was Sunday, but it was Monday, all family over and all that kind of business. So on Tuesday, on Tuesday, I was battered. So I went back to Miss Mina Kamari. I was like, Mina man, my legs, my ass, my, what was it? My sack, my crack, my poop, poop, and my crack back. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, and she was like, mate, if you're not feeling well and you're tired, what's the point of pushing yourself to go out for a date? It needs to be fun. You need to enjoy it. And you're not going to enjoy it if you're knackered, woman. I was like, thanks. I felt like I was like being patted on the back by a teacher at school. <laughs> She's lovely, that Mina Kamadi. She's very, very calm and very um like, duh, this is about you. You are telling me, you know, you're not feeling it. So then listen to your body, listen to yourself, love yourself. But don't forget to look into that mirror three times a day. <laughs> Do you know what, actually, <clears throat> talking about uh, looking in the mirror, I've noticed the more I look in the mirror, I'm thinking, gosh, actually, do you know what? <laughs> Very vain of me, but <laughs> you're not bad looking, you know. <laughs> Honestly, I do think like Jesus. <laughs> you got a lot of freckles and those eyes are so dark. Panda eyes, man. <laughs> and you're not as wrinkly as most 53 year olds because I honestly see, you know, when people <laughs> are kind of like my age and they say, oh, I'm 52, oh, I'm 53, oh, I'm 54. So my kind of age range, right? Age range, age range, just that early 50s. Yeah, early 50s. <laughs> and then I look at them, I'm like, Oh my God, you don't even look 50s, you look 70s. <laughs> so I just don't feel like I've got as many wrinkles as many 53-year-olds. And to be honest, I'm not I'm not one to be bothered about uh, wrinkles. I don't mind, actually. If I get wrinkles, I get wrinkles. There are kind of a bit of wrinkles coming under my chin and it's a bit odd, but it's okay. And uh, I have got, I've got lovely cheekbones. I've got great teeth. My nose is amazing. Uh, my eyes, not so happy with my eyes. I've got like these um, hoods, hoods over my eyes. I've always wanted eyelids. And I know of another person that hasn't got eyelids as well. But yeah, I've always wanted eyelids. And my mum, actually, I got it from my mum. I'm a nanny. So it's hereditary. But my mum now has eyelids because they did 
they did her cataracts and and they said oh look you got droopy eyelids would you like us to lift your eyelids i was like that's so unfair you're getting free eyelid um like uh pucker upper uh, so yeah they, they kind of lifted her eyelids so she could see better so maybe i have to wait till i'm an old age pensioner and I, and they start to droop over my eyes well unless i do it myself but i'm not i'm not into um all this Botox, Botox and doing any work to my face. I really wouldn't, you know, plumping up my lips. Nah, mate, would I have Botox on my face? Not really. Um, I, you know, I know a lot of people that have had Botox and they just look wrong that I'm sorry to judge. I'm not judging, but, you know, each to their own. But I wouldn't want to change the way I looked because some, not sometimes, most of the time, they end up looking worse. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I know of someone, they've had their face completely done. I'm like, you can't even recognise what who she is, honestly. So, um, no, I, I would never do the Botox, the Botox. But if you've had Botox, let me know and uh, tell me, prove to me that it made you look even better. Because I don't think it, it does. And uh, I don't, I mean, I, 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 oh, I'm all for going to the gym and, and changing your body shape and stuff like that. That's natural. Right. But changing the way your face looks. Oh, gosh, I think I saw this article once. There's some weird person. Sorry, I should take that back. There's this person. Not weird. Stop being judgmental. See what I mean? This is what this healing is doing to me. Every time I say a negative thought, I can recognize that I'm being negative and I will pull it back. I never did that before. I just say there's bloody weirdo person. And I saw and it's just what was it? He, he he tried to look like an alien. He's had so many, so many, so many different things. I think he's had toes cut off. His whole entire body's got tattoos all over it, all over his head. I don't think there's a part of his body that's not tattooed. I think he's done something to his eyes to make them look more alien. It's absolutely crazy what some people can do, but you've got to be accepting of that, right? It's If, if that makes that person happy, who am I to judge? Yeah. I mean, but we are all quick to judge, aren't we? And we're all conditioned to judge that, you know, look at the fat person, look at the skinny person, look at the black person, look at the Chinese person. And I, I find more and more that a lot more people are a lot more aware of when they are judging. I was having a conversation with a friend of mine the other day and they said, oh, you know, they looked a bit like a Chinese person. Then they instantly went, oh, no, I didn't mean it like that. You know, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. So I think we are educating ourselves more to be less judgmental, but it's not our fault because it's it's in our DNA. We've been trained from day dot that it's okay to criticise people that are different from us. And we are now educating ourselves to undo that, but it's not an easy thing to do. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's the same with healing, I guess. It's, it's about uh, training your mind, training your thoughts, training your conscious self, your subconscious self, and uh, learning that it's you that can make this change. You is all you need. You cannot blame people around you. And you have the ability to be in a in a toxic uh, environment. You have the ability to be in a toxic environment, but not allow that to affect you. You have to have a high level of um, intelligence not intelligence, not intelligence, um, a high level of uh, tools in your box to be able to be in that environment and smile through it and 
and not blame yourself for it and not kind of go crazy um, thinking, what the hell is this going on and this going on? But rather like, you know, hey, this is not my issue. That's their issue. They can carry on with it. I've got things to do. I've got to go and self-love myself and self-care for myself. You know, <laughs> this is becoming a Missy soapbox. So uh, I'm going to shut up. Yeah. And uh, love you and leave you. I know it's not as long as what I normally do. But to be honest, although I am very proud of myself for having gone through what I went through in the last 24 hours, it was horrendously awful. It was the most awful 24 hours of my life. It has taken it out of me. When I get stressed and when I get upset, it attacks my body really badly. So my body uh, really tightens up. Like right now, I can't move my neck to the left because it, I feel like someone's punched me on my top of my left shoulder. It's so stiff. It's because all the stress has gone into my neck. You know, when you get really stressed and there's a lot of stress there. I've got a head banging headache and my body just stiffens up. It just gets really, really stiff and tight. Um, like I've exercised um, for three hours with um, 80 kgs of weight or something like that. So, yeah. So basically, uh, that's how physically I'm feeling. Mentally, I'm a lot more clearer. I'm a lot more prouder than I th ever thought I would be of myself. And I'm so happy also that I've been able to turn around a very bad situation, not just by myself, though. The person that I've salvaged the, this uh, friendship with, they also put in a lot of time and effort to ensure that we uh, salvaged this, sorted it out and carried on as we mean to go on because they also didn't want this to be ruined. And so between both of us, we've managed to sort it out. Um, and I think that we're both kind of like, oh, that wouldn't normally happen in my life. But I guess if you if you respect something so much and you want something so much in your life, then you've literally got to take the bull by the horns and you've just got to steer it in the direction that it needs to go in. So that's, I guess, what we both did was take a horn each and steer it in the direction of positivity, into the direction of love and kindness. And um, I'm so proud of myself and proud of that person as well. So take care, be good. And next time you will get a double trouble, mum and me. And uh, what else was I going to say to you? There was one something, but I've completely forgot. I was going to say at the end. Now I've forgotten. So it's OK because my head is still a little bit mushed up since yesterday. But like I said, um, I'm God, it, it, complete chalk and cheese to this podcast, to that podcast. Goodness gracious me. <laughs> Take care. Love you loads. And I will see you next week. Hot, sweet, the gelati, D.